I'm 19 years old now. Uh, last year, I graduated high school, so I was 18 when I wrote this book, and I got depression. I was completely sidetracked by it, um, didn't know it hit me, and quickly my thoughts turned suicidal. So I didn't tell anyone because I was this um, volleyball star Catholic girl. I was like, no, I can't be sad. Like I have so many blessings. I have amazing family, amazing parents. There's no reason for me to be sad. This can't be real. Um, I was embarrassed, honestly. I thought it made you weak to struggle. Um, and I thought it just might pass. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Top of the day to you, my friends. I have just completed yet another season of Online Alpha with my friends at St. John the Evangelist Parish in St. John, Indiana. My friend and Stanley Cup champion Joe DePenta gave the talk at the celebration closing. It was epic. A shout out to Louis Kane and the great team for the amazing work they're doing. As your guests get invited back on team, send them over to ronhuntley.com to pick up the book Unlocking Your Parish that Father James Mallon and I wrote. That will have them primed for team training and will help you have the best team members possible for your next season of Alpha. One of the blessings of Alpha is the people you meet and the friends that you make. I find connect groups turns friends into family and I can relate to Mark chapter 3 verse 31 that reads, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? he asked. Then he looked at those sitting in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my mother, my brother, and my sister. As I end up caring and making new friends, I fall in love with their kids too. Because we become family. Today, you'll hear me speaking to one of my best friend's daughters, Gabby Scholar. At one point, I had to hold back my tears. This is an important discussion, and you probably want to share this episode. Enjoy the conversation. Lift off, and the clock has started. A good friend of mine once said, Ron, don't waste a good crisis. There's all kinds to be learned in the midst of crisis. And I'll tell you, leading through COVID, I think has taught us all to be a little bit more aware and sensitive to our own mental health and the mental health of others. I'm so glad to have on the show with me today, the author, Gabby Scullard, who wrote a book, Why I Stay. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about why you wrote this book. Yeah, so what's really cool about this book is I didn't sit down and think, I'm going to write a book right now. Um, it was a little different than that. So to give you a little bit of a background, I'm 19 years old now. Uh, last year, I graduated high school, so I was 18 when I wrote this book. And I 
got depression. I was completely sidetracked by it, um, didn't know it hit me, and quickly my thoughts turned suicidal. So I didn't tell anyone because I was this um, volleyball star Catholic girl. I was like, no, I can't be sad. Like, I have so many blessings. I have amazing family, amazing parents. There's no reason for me to be sad. This can't be real. Um, I was embarrassed, honestly. I thought it made you weak to struggle. Um, and I thought it just might pass. But it got to the point where I was waking up and I was staying in my bed from the time I woke up to the time I went back to sleep. Um, I wasn't eating and then I was gaining a bunch of weight. Like it was just, everything was completely out of the norm. I was irritable, frustrated, mad at the world. And I was like, okay, I'm not okay. But again, I wouldn't tell anyone, um, which I don't recommend by the way, if you are (laughs) struggling. Um, And so I was like, I need some way to cope. And I've always loved writing. So I bought a journal and I just started writing reasons why I couldn't leave this world and why I needed to stay. And by the time that I was recovering, I'd been writing these reasons every single day. I had hundreds and hundreds of reasons why life was worth living, things to help keep me going, um, names of people that would be affected if I Mm. were to leave the world. And so by the time I was completely recovered, I was like, these helped me find some hope and peace. Why wouldn't they help someone else? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going (laughs) to write a book. Um, And that's what I'll get back to the fact I didn't have to write it. I already had all of these reasons. So I only had to slap an intro and an outro on them. And by that time, it was in my hands as a published book within six months that I had the idea. Beautiful. What I love about what you've put together, maybe you can just hold it up for the, yeah. if, if we ever get this up on YouTube, there it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's available on Amazon. And so you can get that if, if that would be helpful to you. But what I love about it and your, your dad, I've known you for a number of years and your dad, of course. And, and what I love about it is, is there's a reason on each page, isn't there? Yeah. So and, there's one reason per page. So right. if you're, Obviously, I'm a 19-year-old girl, and Ron, your reasons to live might be a lot different than mine. Um, so if mine doesn't resonate with you, I left all that extra space on purpose so that you can write your reason to stay. Um, so it's obviously my exact reasons why I stayed because I wanted it to be authentic, and I wanted those reasons to come right from my journal um, for the raw material that helped me stay. But Obviously, I know that's not going to be the same reasons for everyone. So that's why I made sure to leave that space for you to write yours. I love that because it it, it does. It's an it's, it's interactive opportunity. You know, I find it's kind of like scripture. I, I read scripture every day. And when I do, it becomes the launching pad for, for having a conversation with Jesus and, and, and allow myself to enter into this dance with the Holy spirit of conversation of being moved. uh, And then I write it down. And so I'm constantly writing because I've been inspired by scripture. And, and, And in essence, what I see in terms of your book is a great opportunity for people to reflect on your reason as a jumping off point, like if they're adding to it or if, if it's a difference, but there's a page, like get into that day, come up with your own reasons, be inspired by what you're hearing. Let that take you somewhere else. Cause it's about finding your own reasons. 
Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I included like there are some really simple reasons that just put a smile on your face. And then there's some really deep reasons that will make you contemplate. And I included in the book, I think one of them is like a perfectly toasted bagel, which is just like something that's like, okay, that's cool. I love when that happens. And, but I did include, I understand a piece of bread is not going to save you from suicidal thoughts, but sometimes it's just the one little smile that breaks that cycle of utter hopelessness and kind of brings you back to the reality. So like little things, like I remember I would be like, if I can just make it to have a shower today, or if I can just brush my teeth, if I can go for a walk, if I can go make some food, it's just those little things that remind you that you're alive and it can get better. Well, and what's so interesting about that is that it just, and I hope people hear this, is that how quickly somebody can go from being on top of the world and having the world in the palm of their hands to not so much so. And because, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't have known that you were going through that. I've known you. I knew, I just love you to death. I love your family. I, I just really appreciate going to watch you beat my daughter at volleyball. <laughs> uh, you guys played for different high schools and, 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 I've just enjoyed being a part of your life and, and just have all the confidence in the world, but it's not about that. Like so many clergy during COVID have had to take off non-spirit like time off for non-spiritual reasons to manage emotionally and psychologically their health. And mm-hmm. so, you know, people, this happens to all of us. like this can happen to anyone. Yeah. And I think it's super important to talk about in the Christian community as well, because I remember when I first found my faith, I was talking to my parents. I was like, no one can touch me. I am invincible. Like I have God on my side. Like I genuinely thought my life was going to be perfect from that moment on. And I think that there's a big difference between joy and happiness. Like God will provide you eternal joy. And I've never lost that joy even when I was struggling, but happiness, that's an emotion. That's something different. And I think that we need to speak on it so that people that have their faith aren't embarrassed to say Mm -hmm. I'm struggling. Um, and go to things like therapy or whatever they need to heal. And I don't want anyone to feel like they shouldn't have to do that because they have God. Mm. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Why don't you, there's so many ways as you're talking, my mind's just exploding (laughs) with so many questions I could ask you, but maybe before I indulge that too much, I want to go back to your faith. Like, tell me a little bit about your encounter story with Jesus. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily grow up in a Christian household um, at all. Actually, I didn't even know what the Bible was and I'd never read a word of it. So let's go right back for as long as I can remember, probably three years old and on, I had complete anxiety, specifically separation anxiety from my mom. Um, To give you a little perspective, she couldn't go to the mailbox down the street without me or I thought she was going to die. Anytime I had trouble going to school because anytime she was out of my sight, I believed I I would never see her again. Um, I would, I'd get physically sick. I would throw up. I would scream, cry, throw a fit. And it was so frustrating because like, I knew she wasn't going to die if she went to the mailbox, but my brain was sick and 
I genuinely believed that. And I struggled with that growing up. I never went to a birthday party. I never went to a field trip if she wasn't volunteering with it. Um, Just a lot of things I missed out on. And I, at nine years old, I was thinking to myself, if this is how I'm going to live, I can't do it. I don't want to be here. I fight with my mind every single day from the point I wake up to the time I go to sleep and I can't do it. Like I was burnt out at the age of nine and looking back, I'm like, wow. But, um, my real test was in grade four, my mom told me she was going on a trip to Mexico and she said it was an adult only resort, which I later found out was a lie, but she had to tell me that or Very I wouldn't let her go. Yeah. And so she told me she was going to be gone for a week. And I was like, okay, I've lived my nine years. I'm not making a pass this week. So that was genuinely my mindset going in. And um, my dad was going to be staying with me. And although I love my dad just as much as my mom, I just had that mental block with her. So um, about the third day, I was surprised I made it that far. Um, every day I was like bawling, crying, FaceTiming her, bothering her the whole time she was away. And the third day I completely lost it. Like shaking uncontrollably, bawling my eyes out. I was like, dad, I don't want to be here. Just kill me now. Like I'm done doing this. And we were just sitting on the couch and I was like, can we pray? I asked my dad, can we pray? Don't don't know why that came out of my mouth. My dad was sitting there like, what? Because he recently had just started going to church. I think it was the past Sunday. So I knew that, but I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Didn't know who God was to me, definitely. And I there was just something that came over me. And I just, can we pray? And my dad prayed over me. And I felt instant peace. It was something I'd never felt before. I had been living in an anxious state for nine years, and I genuinely mean that. I never took breaks. I was constantly worried, shaking, anxious, and I felt, I started crying again, but they were happy tears because I was like, wow, this is how you should live your life. This is the peace that I need, and ever since, I've been turning to him, and and that's another example of that week, probably worst week of my life in terms of oh my goodness my mom is leaving and it turned into the best week of my life because God does that and he did that for me then he did that for me with my depression and I know for the rest of my life he's gonna take that crap in your life and turn it into gold like he always does that's awesome that's beautiful and I remember I remember your dad saying you're you got your brother and sister baptized because both your mom and dad were you know, or Catholic by, by sacraments. And, but then when you came along, it was like, yeah, why bother being hypocrites? We're not going to raise them in the faith. Like, let's be honest. And and you were just like, what? Like, that's it. Like, let's stop the charade. And, but your dad coming, rediscovering his faith at 50. And then, and I'll never forget your baptism as you came into full communion with the church. And it was just such a beautiful witness because you didn't have faith. And I'm sure there's listeners that will listen to this. Hopefully this podcast will be forwarded to others whose family members or parishioners or what have you struggle. And maybe they don't know 
Jesus and, and haven't ever given it a thought. Maybe they've just got some baggage with the whole idea of church or God or whatever, and it's prevented them from even looking in that direction for a possible solution. What, what advice would you have for them? Well, something that I was saying um, after I was struggling too was I can't imagine having gone through this without God because even when I was at my absolute lowest, I didn't want to live anymore. I was still praying. I was still, God, Mm. please don't wake me up tomorrow morning. (laughs) Like he was still in the conversation. I didn't lose my faith. I just um, didn't want to be Yeah. Yeah, I was happy being up there with him, but I can't imagine like not having that. And that's why um, I'll pull a page out of my book here. There's 365 reasons and number 364 is really important to me. And I placed it there specifically so that people would get the message that give your life to God. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll read it here. You can find all of the temporary vices to distract yourself from your hurt, but the answer to eternal joy is a relationship with your creator. God is waiting for you with open arms. You are never too far gone, and you don't have to fix yourself before accepting his love, and all he wants from you is your heart, no matter how broken you think it is. His love is unconditional beyond human understanding, and he has bigger plans for you than you could ever imagine. If you can't live for you, give your life to him and it'll be given a whole new meaning. Wow. Wow. Did that, did that come to you towards the end? When did that come to you? Yeah, that one was definitely as I was start, cause I kept writing them throughout the whole journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so some were when I was super low and some were as I was recovering. And that mm-hmm. one was definitely one of the last ones that I wrote because I was like, people need to hear this message and I need to put it mm-hmm. at the end. So it really sets in. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I know so many people who've been affected by suicide in these last couple of years, people that are close, people not so close, relatives past, you know, crazy. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I really hope that, that this book is something people will go pick up and and give to those friends and people they know, or even just, you know, because here's the thing, like one of the things you said so far today, Gabby, that's scary as heck for us as parents or grandparents or priests who have parishioners they care about is you didn't tell anybody. And my guess is that's not uncommon. And so, you know, if somebody says I'm really hurting and I could use some help, well, it's easy to help, but you don't know a lot of times if somebody's really hurting. And so it might be a, might be worth getting for, for your granddaughter or your, or what have you, a daughter or whatever, and just give it to them and just say, Hey, there's a neat book. Um, be interesting for you to read it and, and feel free to give it away. If you know somebody else, you know what I mean? Like you could even yeah. go ahead of time because if you don't know, I don't know. I just, it's such an important topic to having conversations and it's so cool. So your faith became real for you at the age of nine. And, and it's interesting, like what's the difference between anxiety and depression? Cause you were saying you, you lived with anxiety by the sounds of it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and then, so what happened after that? Like did your anxiety go from a, a eight to a six or, or like what, what 
give me a, give us a sense of the anxiety. And then what's the difference between anxiety and depression? Yeah. So honestly, I think anxiety is used really loosely in our day and age. Like people will be nervous for a test and they'll say, I have so much anxiety over this, but anxiety is really living in a state of like you're fighting with your mind every day. And I think that when we use those terms so loosely that it kind of um, makes someone that's really suffering with it feel like their struggles aren't as valid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely had anxiety growing up, but after I found my faith, it was just worrying from then on out. Like, obviously I had bad days, but I could go to sleepovers. I could go out without my mom. And that was a miracle. Like that was a miracle. So it totally changed your life. Oh, completely. It was, it wasn't just like a little like, oh, okay, I have Jesus now. It was Jesus is my entire life and he healed me. He put this peace over me that I've never experienced. I have eternal joy now and trust in him and his plan. And it really, cause it, yeah, That's it did. Awesome. It healed me. Like it, I honestly don't think I would be here. I know I wouldn't be here if I didn't find God because I hated my life. I couldn't live like that. I'm surprised I lasted the nine years that I did because it was miserable and I can't even describe that. And, um, when I got depression, yeah. So depression and anxiety, very different. Um, I thought one of my friends actually had depression and I specifically remember telling her like, Oh, just be happy. Like, I was like, you have so much to be thankful for. Like, let's focus on the positive and looking back I don't know how she didn't punch me in the face. Like that is insane to me. Cause if somebody said that to me when I was struggling, I would be like, are you kidding me? But, um, yeah. So (laughs) worst advice ever. No, it was look, I had to apologize to her. I felt so bad after experiencing it myself. Um, but yeah, it really is different because, When I was depressed, I was actually put on a form of medication that caused a hormonal imbalance. So it wasn't just a fluke, like it was in my brain. And I remember the first symptoms were kind of like, me and my mom have a great relationship. She's my best friend, but her chewing, if she chewed loudly, like I wanted to punch her in the face. Like, And that is not me. Like I am not a mean person. Your mother could and, punch back. That would. Oh, yeah, she could <laughs> knock me out. But I could, that never happened to me before. And I was irritable. I had no patience. I would lash out at the people that were kind of noticing that I was sad because I didn't want to let them in. I didn't want them to be able to help me. And I can't tell you why, but that's how my brain was working at the time. So I was being mean to people. And then I was going home and crying myself to sleep because I did not mean any of the words coming out of my mouth. And it's not even a sadness because like there was nothing specifically that I was sad about. It wasn't like a death of someone. I wasn't grieving. It wasn't situational. It was genuinely just a cloud over your head. And a big part of it is being frustrated because you don't know why you're sad and you talk. I remember talking to myself. My self-talk was so mean. I was like, you're stupid. You're lazy. Get up. You have no reason to be sad. You are so blessed. Um, all of these things. 
And, but I could not get up. I could not just shake it off because Mm. it was in my brain. I was sick. It's an illness. And that was a huge shift for me because I never understood how being sad could be an illness, but mental illnesses are just like physical illnesses. They have symptoms. They need treatment. You have to be nice to yourself. It really was a huge switch for me to understand that. And I would never tell you, I'm so thankful I had depression, especially when I was struggling because I hated my life. But I now have such a deep understanding of what it feels like that I would never have been able to understand um, if I didn't experience it. And now I have all of these people that I can now help and understand and be in that position to understand them like I wasn't before. And I'm so Mm -hmm. thankful for the journey this has set me on and the people I've met and connected with people telling me I saved them. My words helped them. Like I can't even explain the feedback I've been getting adults. I remember a teacher at my school, um, told me I got out of bed today because of you. And it's just like crazy to me because I see the book and I'm like, Oh, that's just my journal. I wrote those like, just like I write anything else. But to hear that it's actually having an impact on people and like my mind is blown. I'll say it again, like God takes the ugliness in your life and makes complete light out of it and all glory to him for all of this. Amen. And what what opportunities have you had? Because the, the book came out when? It just came out. It was just a month ago. It hasn't, it's just been a month, I think. And it's been cooking in terms of sales hasn't it like it's yeah it's getting into people's hands and mm-hmm. and so what what are what are some of the opportunities that you've been able to step into as a result of writing the book yeah definitely so i've had so many schools reaching out saying i need my students to hear you speak i've had so many school libraries ordering 10 copies 10 copies everywhere um so that students have that because it really is a tool like it is something that you can turn to and it's a muse to kind of get you to speak up about that you're struggling or have that if you're not at the point where you can talk about it yet have that um to just let your thought because if I didn't have my outlet as journaling to get my thoughts out I would have gone crazy so I really wish I had this book when I was struggling and that's why I am so passionate about getting it out to anyone and everyone that I can because I truly believe that people need this whether you're struggling or not everyone has mental health you may not struggle with mental illness but we all have mental health that we have to look after every single person so I think that it can be helpful just to start the conversation as well. Mental illness is not something to be embarrassed of. I know that your guys' generation, um, you were taught, bottle it up. Don't tell anyone you're sad. I remember, um, love my parents to death. They're amazing. But when I first started struggling, they were like, oh, just brush it off. You're fine. Brush it off. Just focus on it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a big thing with um, your guys' generation. And that's our teachers. That's our adults. That's who we're looking to. So just for this book to even start a conversation of mental illness and physical illness, we can't have one above the other anymore. And um, that's a lot what I speak in schools. 
I have a few coming up where it's really is. They're just like, I want to start this conversation in our school. So we know that our students can Mm. get help so we can have these conversations. So that's been really cool as well. I appreciate that you're doing that because sometimes when we struggle, it's easy to, to be embarrassed or ashamed. And I think that's maybe too, I, I don't know, want to put words in your mouth, but your relationship with Jesus, like Jesus helps us. He deals with that stuff. Those, those mm-hmm. things that aren't from him, like shame is not from God. Right. Right. And so walking with Christ allows us to put things in their proper perspective and it will always be to build the kingdom of God. It will always be to bless others. And here you are doing that very thing. It's, and it's just awesome because I, I remember having a family member give an alpha talk of, of all times. Like there's one of the alpha talks is, um, does God heal today? And another one is, um, something about evil. I think I would know. Um, what about evil? And mm-hmm. I can't remember which talk they gave. And she was, you know, she was a university student, probably 22, 23. And she talked about being on the edge of taking her own life when the phone rang and the person she talked to didn't know, but that conversation stopped her from doing, taking her own life. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there going, I had no idea. And, And so for you to be able to take what you've experienced and then put it in writing and then go and speak and I understand you've been on the news as well, being interviewed there. You've been on another webinar slash podcast. I mean, you're really taking this and using it for God's glory by setting mm-hmm. people free, eh? Yeah, it's a, it's a complete blessing. And I wouldn't want to do anything else with my life and my words than to bring the glory back to him because this is not me. Like as much as I am the vessel that he's using to get this message out, this is all him. Mm. I love that. It's so beautiful. And, and it's fun to, to be able to, um, to get that feedback to, to, you know, not that that's why you do it, but you were Mm -hmm. mentioning that some people, your teacher and others have come to you and, and just mentioned the impact your words are having on them and helping them to push through. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's so awesome. So if people wanted to touch base with you or get the book, what would that look like? Yeah. So, um, I'm in the works of creating a website so that I can have a space where you can book speaking engagements with me, um, buy the book right from there, but that's still under construction right now. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Give me the straight goods. When you say under construction, is it, I haven't had somebody to build that yet. Cause if there's a listener that's good at that stuff and they can do that in their sleep, should they reach out to you or is it actually in the, okay. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that's what we're talking about here. So if you're one of those people that technology and websites is like in your sleep and you want to get behind this great cause, how would that person reach out to you? Yeah. So I think email um, is probably the best. Uh, Gabrielle Scholard at hotmail.com. If you can't spell that, uh, I'm sure Ron will have it posted No, don't call me. Spell it out for them right now. (laughs) Yeah. So email is is probably the best way to reach me. And if you're looking to get the book that is on Amazon. And if you just search up why I stay Gabby, it should pop right up at the top there. Love it. And so seriously, spell out Gabby, spell out your email for me. (laughs) Okay. G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E 
S-C-O-L-L-A-R-D and then at hotmail.com because I know Ron would spell that wrong if he was left to do that. He sure would. And you know what I love about that is you're using a Hotmail account and you're talking about my generation. I'm totally calling you out on that. It's so lame. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) That's awesome. And seriously, I know that when this podcast airs, you're going to get some emails from people that do this in their sleep. Like making websites for some people are just so talented in that area. They'd have that done for you in a couple of days. And and it'd probably be a great way for them to get behind the movement of, of, of what you're doing because it's it really is so important. And I think for you to be the face of this in this season of your life, because when you're old and crotchy like me, you just it just doesn't really matter to <laughs> high school students and stuff. But <laughs> you, you don't have the same amount of wrinkles and gray hair that me and your dad have. So I think you're you're God's doing the right thing here. But you know, I say that and and before we get on the air, I mentioned to you that at one point in my life, not that long ago, two of my friends took their life in the same year mm-hmm. and it really changed. Uh, it hit us hard. The rest of the guys, it hit us really hard. And we, we oath to each other that we'll never let this happen to one another, that we have to tell each other when we're struggling, like this mm-hmm. can't happen because in both situations, one was a partner in a, ch- uh, um, a chartered accountant firm. And, you know, the other guy was a great guy and, and, didn't see it coming with either one of them. And so, although, you know, we're talking about schools, we're talking about young people, uh, this affects every age demographic, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think it's so relevant and it's so all around us that we don't even realize it. And I remember specifically a girl at my school took her own life. And a, a week before I was walking through the halls, I made direct eye contact with her. I didn't know her but we made direct eye contact in the hall and we smiled at each other. And when I heard that she was gone, it hit me so hard just from that one interaction in the hall. I've had friends lose parents, friends lose sisters, and I'm just, I don't want to have that ever happen again. I don't want these deaths to be for nothing. And you can't help but think after they're gone, crap, what could have prevented that? What could we have done? And that's why I've made it my mission to Mm. do something so that I don't feel like that anymore when I hear it. This is what we all have to do. We all have to open the conversation because I don't want to hear about those stories anymore. Amen. Amen. I love that. And I'm just thinking too, as as we're wrapping up, like there's probably some business owners listening and you have people to design your websites, <laughs> hire them to, to, to do Gabby's switch. you like, <laughs> let's get this girl's website up until then. I know a lot of educators, uh, a lot of Catholic schools, a lot of principals, uh, a lot of priests that have Catholic schools attached to them. Um, they might want to get in touch with you. So until your website is up and running, then uh, they can email you too. Do you know what your, if, if you get a website, oh, I guess we can't say that because then we'll steal it. Do you have a domain yet? <laughs> do you have a domain for your website yet? No. Okay. We're going to do it right after this podcast and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll pay for it for you. So nobody else steals it. So, so what, what, if you could, what would it be called? Why I stay.com? Oh. Yeah. Why I stay book or why I stay. Something like that. Let's go.com because there's a whack of 
wonderful Americans who listen to this podcast. <laughs> hopefully you'll get down there and speak. So that's what we're going to do. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to buy that domain for you. Perfect. Then, we'll get, then we'll get your website designed. So, so. Love do, you that. See, do you see yourself writing any more books? Like, I, and I'm not saying that you should, but is this something that you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Um, I like to write anyway. And this, like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so absolutely. If that opportunity presents itself, I will, I'm really leaving everything in God's hands and just wherever he's guiding me, I will go. And, but I've always loved writing. I have journals and journals full of content that I feel like I could pull stuff and make a book without writing again. Like I just always have, um, things in my head that I need to get on paper. And, but right now I'm definitely focusing on, um, writing content for talks more because that's Mm. definitely where I want to go next. I want to, um, give a chance for this book to get out there definitely before I start my next one. And I want to do as much speak because obviously these words will always be here in this book, but I feel like I still have so much that I want to say that I can only really get across when I'm speaking to an audience. So that's what I'm really focusing on right now. Love it. Let me ask you this, because I, I, how old were you when you gave your first alpha talk to an adult alpha? How old were you? Uh, I think 15. 15. I and think so, so. So if people are listening going, what's this 20-year-old lady going to is speaking? Gosh, she's been speaking for years uh, in the context of the Catholic faith, speaking hope into people of all different ages. She is an incredible speaker, and I'm so proud of you, Gabby, for the work you're doing, the book you've written, the fact Thank that you're you. still here, and that God has great <laughs> things in store for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank that. Thanks for being part of the show. Thank you for having me. What an amazing young lady. I know that book will bless a ton of people. If you're a parent or grandparent, pick up some copies and have the mental health conversation proactively. If you're missing in-person conferences as much as I am, then meet me in Coppell, Texas for the DRUSA conferences July 18th to the 20th. There's an amazing lineup of speakers and the whole Divine Renovation wider community will be there to share their victories and struggles. Let's get behind this conference and be inspired. Please remember to comment and rate the podcast five stars each time. It seems small, but it makes a big difference. Thank you. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.